What becomes of unharvested crops? Apples the grocery stores don't sell. Leftovers from a banquet. Food waste is a global issue with social, economic, and environmental implications. Today on Intersections, the RIT podcast, Associate Professors of Sustainability, Callie Babbitt and Tom Traybold, discuss the problem and offer some practical and personal solutions that are helping influence public policy. How did you get interested in studying sustainability and food waste? Looking back to when I first started at uh, RIT seven or eight years ago, some of the first projects I worked on with local companies in in upstate New York were food companies. There seemed to be this consistent problem that a lot of these food processing companies were having to deal with the high cost of getting rid of waste from their processes. So one company specifically that comes to mind was a local tofu manufacturer. And at the end of their process where they were preparing the blocks of tofu, they generated a lot of high strength waste that would need to be sent to the local wastewater treatment plant. And this company, which is a fairly small company, was paying something on the order of $60,000 a year to get rid of that material. And then there were other examples. We worked with a milk company. We worked with cheese companies in northern New York. And it seemed to be this consistent problem of dealing with food waste that really didn't have any useful outlet. But, you know, the industrial part of this problem is really only one aspect of it. It's really broader than that. That's right. Food waste is really an issue that spans the entire food supply chain, all the way from, as we like to call it, farm to fork. So you have crops that are left on the field after harvest or that were damaged due to weather or pests. You have uh, materials and foods that are damaged during shipment and are not as fresh. You have wastes coming from the production process. And then at the commercial side, you have waste coming from grocery stores, We all like a perfectly shiny apple, but if one comes in that's a little bit dinged, the grocery store might not be able to sell it. And so groceries, restaurants, hotels, catering companies. And then finally, when consumers buy food, they don't always use it very effectively. The average American household spends up to $1,500 a year on food that is simply thrown away. And so there's a lot of waste that comes across this entire pipeline. Between 30 and 40 percent of all food produced and grown in the United States never gets eaten by humans. Obviously, the cost is part of this, but there are other issues. There are environmental and social issues. So why is food waste such a big sustainability problem? Yeah, so I think the biggest part of the problem is the environmental impact. Something on the order of 90 to 95 percent of food waste that's generated ends up in landfills. So that has a lot of negative environmental impacts. The biggest one being the methane emissions that are generated. And we know that methane is a very strong greenhouse gas, and that has huge implications in regards to climate change and and generally global warming. But even beyond that, just the social impact of having all that waste directed to to landfills. It extends all the way from the the food processing companies that are are producing the the food materials in the first place. But as it goes 
down the farm to fork spectrum, as you mentioned, toward consumers, the effective cost goes up at each stage. So by the time this food waste gets to individual households, the cost implications are much greater. Other environmental impacts result from what we would call the embodied components. For example, there's a lot of water that goes into the production of food. When that food is wasted, you're effectively wasting the water that went into making the food in the first place. And the energy impacts also that go into producing food, that also is a huge impact. It's been estimated that up to 20% of the national energy budget is associated with producing food in the U.S. So wasting this food has not only an impact on what happens to the food in landfills, but all of the embodied energy, water, and materials that go into making the food in the first place. But at the end of the day, this is, this is all about human beings and human behavior. So what are some of the things that could be done and are being done now to address this problem? A lot of the food waste happens in people's homes, so that's naturally a great place to start. And consumers have a lot of influence in this sphere. They can choose to buy foods from local providers. Local foods have less transportation, it's more seasonal, and so they stay fresh longer, as well as supporting the local economy. You can always think about what you already have in your cupboards before you go shopping and use technology to create ways of, of using food and making it last longer. There's a lot of really cool apps that help you meal plan with leftovers or things you already have in your cupboard. There's new refrigerators that let you look inside to see if you have eggs or not when you go to the grocery store. And there's new ways of using food waste, even in the home. So homeowners can have their own compost. They can work with a local provider that gives composting service so that they know the food waste is not going into a landfill, but it's also going into a, a productive use. And you can also reduce food waste in other economically viable ways, like uh, preserving food and, and using it for longer, learning to can or freeze food and saving it to, to use after the initial time you cooked it. Even things simple as what appliances you own. We purchased a smaller refrigerator a couple years ago and found that our food waste went way down because you no longer have a half a bottle of barbecue sauce hidden in the back corner that sits there for five years. But once you get out of the consumer sector, then we have to think a little bit more broadly. And to help us understand food waste decisions, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has come up with what they call a food recovery hierarchy. So obviously, if you have excess, perfectly healthy, nutritious food, the best thing for it is to feed people. And there's a lot of great organizations who are taking food from points of sale when they're perfectly good, just no one has, has purchased them, and t putting them right into the hands of, of individuals and organizations who can use them to feed others. You can also take excess healthy foods and convert it into animal feed, and you can make a wide array of products out of it. Food can be composted to make fertilizer or bio-based products, and it can be converted into a wide array of energy forms. But that really requires a lot of new innovations in technology, and Tom, your area is exactly that. So what are the state-of-the-art and the current practice as it relates to technology that can convert food waste into valuable resources. 
Yeah, Kelly, that's really an area where a lot of very cool and innovative things are happening at RIT. We look at technologies to convert food waste into energy kind of in two broad classes. One class of technologies relies on biochemical processes. So we use microbes that in the absence of oxygen will convert food waste into what we call biogas. Uh, which contains a lot of methane. And once we produce that biogas, the energy content of that can be converted into other useful forms like electricity. We could use the biogas for heating, or you could say in the case of a food processing plant, use that biogas to produce steam. The other um, class of technologies are what we would call thermochemical. So these are technologies where we take the food waste and then heat it up in the absence of oxygen. And that will produce also a gas that can be used to produce electricity or other forms of energy, but also produce a useful product called biochar, which is a, a solid form of almost pure carbon which can then be utilized in a number of different renewable products. One pretty interesting example is a project that we're working on now where we're taking food waste, converting it at high temperature with an oxygen-free environment to produce biochar, which is then used to make sustainable ink products. So it's kind of an interesting, what we would call a circular economy model, where we're taking food waste producing this biochar material and then using that to make ink which can go and be used to print the next generation of food packaging. So it's kind of interesting to think how we can take waste material to produce something useful and valuable and actually close the loop in a sense on recovering those materials and using them to produce the next generation of products. But, you know, technology is only one part of the puzzle, right? There's a lot of other activities, a lot of other things that have to, ha have to happen. And that's kind of some of the things you're addressing, Callie, in your, in your big project now that covers a lot of the different colleges here at RIT. We want to think about technology in the broader context of all the different systems that have to work together to make food waste solutions come to reality. And we're very fortunate to be funded by the National Science Foundation through their program called Innovations at the Nexus of Food, Energy, and Water Systems. And this project is an interdisciplinary effort, and we're looking at this problem from all different angles. So some of the faculty and students are studying policy solutions. For example, how can you create policy that encourages and supports industries and consumers in, in managing and minimizing their food waste? Another angle looks at the ecological side. So when we do these disposal and conversion of food waste activities, there's always going to be a little bit of material left that has to be managed. And that means we have to think about the ecological systems where this is taking place and ensuring that we're not creating a new problem from solving the first problem. Another area is in the economics and decision analysis. So businesses are faced with a lot of different information about how to handle this issue, and we want them to help them understand about the most cost-effective solutions that can provide the biggest benefit. 
We're also using a lot of innovations in geospatial optimization. How do you centrally locate a system that minimizes the distance that you have to haul this heavy, wet food waste and maximizes the ability to take the products like energy and biochar coming out of the process and put them back onto the market? And I think this really highlights what the students and faculty here in the Golisano Institute for Sustainability are so specialized at, is coming up with real-world, high-impact solutions to some of the most critical global environmental challenges, but doing so in a way that's mindful of making the planet and the local economy and the workforce in this area even better than it already is. And these are the kinds of things that we hope to continue to study in the future. So food waste is just one of the many challenges that we like to tackle. And in doing these research studies like you and I have collaborated on in such an interdisciplinary way, we're bringing a lot of fresh new ideas and perspectives into coming up with solutions that will really make a difference in the world. Thanks for listening to Intersections, the RIT podcast, a production of RIT Marketing and Communications. To learn more about our university, go to www.rit.edu. To hear more podcasts, find us on iTunes, TuneIn, or visit us at www.soundcloud.com slash rittigers.